What's up, everybody? It's Dave and John here. Uh, we're today on this week's episode. We're going to talk about if graphics are super important in the current market of video game consoles, uh, the upcoming video game awards, and what our personal favorites were for this past year on this episode of Casual Gaming Society. Hey everybody, John here. Uh, you are listening to the Casual Gamer Society, the video slash tabletop slash board gaming division of the Geek Devotion Network, the network dedicated to letting you know that you are loved, you are cared for, there's a purpose for your life, and you are worth the second. Uh, with me in the studio, I got my good buddy Dave Clements. How you doing, Dave? I'm good good you oh you know broken arm so got that going for me thanks rose for me that was cool (laughs) hey hmm starting spicy today oh riverside is just being its riversidiest but uh enough about our uh difficult technicalties uh we got some stuff to talk about um i was watching a well first of all Let's do our normal uh, show beginning shenanigans. Uh, what have you been playing lately, Dave? Not multiple games at once. I actually I, I trimmed oh, really? it down. Uh, so just a whole lot of Pokemon then. Actually, it started out as uh, Pokemon Scarlet because my oldest daughter got Violet for her birthday. So we bought the double pack. So, of course, I can play too. And then I picked up a game called graveyard keeper on the switch. And I have not put that down in like the last week and a half. Sounds interesting. Yeah. I myself have been playing nothing lately because I broke my arm and playing video games. One handed is just no bueno. (laughs) Uh, Prior to that, I had finally uh, been beaten into submission and I bought myself a switch and I was playing Diablo 2 on it, the Diablo 2 remaster, pretty much nonstop until I broke my arm. Yeah, I got I that saw, going for me. Yeah, I saw that you got a switch. Um, I, I have to know what what pushed you that way. Is it just our conversations, conversations with Dallas and Celeste? Because I know they're just on Switch. Const, constant peer pressure over time. <laughs> uh, mostly because all my podcasting friends, who none of which live anywhere near me, uh all play switches and that's like the only constant across the board. So I'm like, Hey, this will be a cool opportunity to uh, extend that social interaction and get really only, mad at min- Nintendo. And then only uh, you and the Moras responded to me trying to get those uh, codes. So, you know, I got that going for me too. Like, Oh, nobody wants to be my friend. Yeah. Uh, Switch's ecosystem is is interesting, and I'm sure you'll you'll realize that the longer you have one. But uh, oh, I'm sure I, I I'm still baffled at the fact that I have to download an app onto my phone. Uh, any kind of game talk. That's oh yeah, just, that's just wild. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole conversation in and of itself. But welcome back to the. You said you had a Nintendo at some point, right? Super Nintendo. Yeah, I was a Nintendo fanboy from the beginning, uh, you know, from the NES era, because mm-hmm. uh, like my growing up, the earliest system I can remember having was a Atari 5200 or 5600 was right. Um, no, 20, 2600. That's it. There's too many the next, numbers. Whatever. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm talking about. The wood mm-hmm. grain one. Um, and so that was my earliest memory. But then at after that in like 86 or 87 my parents got a nintendo entertainment system and i lived on that thing for like forever okay so the natural progression from that was the super nintendo but after the super nintendo that's when i jumped off the nintendo train and got my uh, ps1 yeah so have you dabbled with uh the nes and snes stuff for nintendo switch online 
Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I was actually pretty excited that I could play the Star Tropics game. Yeah. How much I missed those. Uh, like, like if it 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 scratches that original Legend of Zelda game itch that mm. I have, which is also on the online. But right, you know, sometimes you want to play a different variant. Yeah, but so Star Tropics has been good for that on the SNES one um, right before right before I uh, broke my arm. I was starting to get into Breath of Fire a little bit. OK, and uh, like there's part of me that wants to jump into Earthbound, but I know how lo- I know firsthand how long that game is and how much of my life it will consume. And I, I, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of commitment in my life right now. <laughs> Yeah, I had to put Earthbound on pause since the last time we recorded. I I've put a few hours into it, but I just I I've I've had to push myself because you know for for a sixteen bit for a sixteen bit game though you gotta admit that game gets super deep for a sixteen bit game. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it's impressive how much game they were able to cram into that cartridge, and maybe that's the reason why the box. I don't know if you ever saw the box back in the day when it first came out. Mm-mm. But the box itself was like four times the size of a regular box. It was like, really, it, it, it literally came with a uh, player's guide, not not like the little pamphlet that always came with the cartridge game. So I'm talking about like the the where you get like, like the cheat codes and tips and tricks and, and stuff like. Yeah, that. like, yeah. Wow. And like, you know, you're you know, you're packing a big game when you have to when you have to send a guide with it just to be like, hey, you're going to get stuck at some point. <laughs> I think that's probably why I stopped because I got stuck and I was like, I'll figure this out. Just my brain can't do it right now. That's what the Internet's for. I know. If I spend any more than two hours working a puzzle in a game, I'm like, <laughs> okay, this game wasn't built for dummies like me. I'm just going to jump. And, yeah. then you, and you start to ask yourself the question, like, who figured this out in the first place? Right. That's funny. <sighs> so here we are. We are here. Um, so this is going to be a rush production job for everybody out there listening, (laughs) because we want to hit that sweet, sweet algorithm of talking about the video game awards that are coming up. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, we did have a conversation topic that we wanted, we, we kind of poked at a little bit online and it, it bears some interesting discussion. I think, um, I had recently seen a, like for people who listen to all my other stuff that I do commentary on i uh watch a lot of uh informational uh videos on youtube about things i'm into be it video games or dungeons and dragons or whatever and i watched a video on uh what culture dot uh, that what culture.com had put out which is a british video game uh content provider and they uh they were talking about insanely good graphics on games that are coming up and i watched the video and i thought to myself you know this yeah they're good graphics but they it's hard to tell any difference between that and what i currently have on my ps5 you know and so it it made me ask the question like is the whole graphical argument even valid in the current marketplace anymore because i remember back in when like it was nintendo versus sega genesis you were always talking about Oh, which who's got the better graphic? Who's mm-hmm. who's who's putting the better picture on the screen? But at this point, like when was the last time you heard that argument when it came to uh, consoles? I think I hear it every once in a while when you see, you know, uh, fanboys for PlayStation or Xbox go back and forth. Like I know when PS5 and the Xbox Series consoles were coming out, that was another thing that I was hearing from people is like well the ps5 just looks so much better and i don't you hear it every once in a while but it's not a huge thing now because now i think the thing i hear the most is you know your frame rates does it go in 60 fps yeah i mean there's always gonna be some kind of technical technical thing to grab on but i mean ultimately if it's not something that you're already adjusted to i I, does it really matter a whole (laughs) lot at this point i mean it's just like put fun in my brain. I, you know, and, right. and that's kind of where I'm at when it comes to video games. And it's just like, you know, graphics, graphics meant something back in the 16 bit days because there was no, we're getting near anything that looks 
realistic. Everything was still cartoony and everything was still, you know, in the land of make believe. Um, yeah. But I mean, I mean, now everything is getting so borderline photorealistic to the point where now you got games that are coming out that are hearkening back to the 16 bit era to yeah. downgrade to downgrade their graphics. Mm-hmm. And it's just like almost that in and of itself should should show like the whole graphics argument is unnecessary at this point i think yeah i i think you also run into it when you start getting into like pc gaming and i will agree like there at there's at this point there's really no reason to have the graphics argument as this is why my preferred method is better than yours because at this point we're we're just we're hitting a wall you can only go so far and i think that that was what made the, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't campaign. What was so cool about that was um, we're looking at like 16 bit graphics at that point, And it was how much can you pack in there to make it look so much better? You know, when you were comparing a Mario game to a Sonic game, Sega won, in my opinion, it just it looked better and it played just as well. So I I get frustrated when I hear kind of these worthless arguments about why my console is better than yours. I, I'm, I'm, I think we're both in the same boat where it's like, just let's have fun. If, if it's got a good story, I don't care what the graphics look like. You know, like, obviously, I probably wouldn't go back and play a PS1 game. That's and that, that <laughs> seems to be like the clincher, like the uh, first 32 bit systems that that came out. You know, you're talking about like the old PS1 games and, you know, it, it that was the those were the school pictures from the beginning of the acne years. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yep. Or it's just like, oh, it's maturing, but it's kind of gross to look at. All right. 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 <laughs> It'll be good one day, uh, right? <laughs> I mean, the if it you, you had to have the you had to have those those systems, the. I don't even know if Nintendo had a 32-bit system before they went 64. No, because I, I think they went Super Nintendo and then 64. Uh, but I know, like, you had to have the PlayStations and the 3DOs, mm-hmm. um, and, and all all those with the really the uber cell shaded stuff that they were they had going on. Just they didn't age well. Yeah. But yeah. you you needed that step before you started getting into the, like the N sixty four era and then the Nintendo Wii and stuff like that. Yeah, I I think back to um, Tomb Raider on PS one where oh, you're just sure. like, oh, this is so good. And now I look at it, I'm like, no, it really wasn't. Like the gameplay itself wasn't even good. Like it wasn't just a <laughs> graphics thing. It was like you had to use like tank controls to move Laura around. Oh the- yeah, I will. <laughs> that was that was just like the original the original Resident Evil with the tank controls and you're like trying yeah. to run from zombies but it's just like I gotta turn and then go <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, it was yeah it, it was kind of a gross era but I mean because I, I remember I was I like I'd hear my friends like going back to what you're talking about with Tomb Raider I hear my friends at at school being like Laura is so hot right you know and then you go back and you look now and I'm like she. She could hurt somebody. <laughs> I know. It's just like, I'm looking at that and I'm like, I feel like I could like break ice with her face. Just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, is, is no bueno. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think now like there's no reason to have this argument. And um, I, I actually love when games come out and I'll talk about this later uh, when I talk about, my game of the year, but I love when games come out and they don't have those rendered in unreal engine four plus because we're on unreal engine five, but I love when they don't have that and they're like, okay, we're going to pull a stardew Valley and we're going to, we're just going to do pixel art because I feel like there is so much more um, craft and artistic value in something like that. And that's just it. It, a- anymore you know whatever bit 
you're putting it, whatever bits you're putting into your graphical whatever it's 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 less about realism and more about an art style direction i mm-hmm. mean it, it's 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 become less of an industry standard and more of a, a palette to use to convey a certain feeling like those 16 like when you get those those uh rpgs that come out that have that 16-bit aesthetic who doesn't mm-hmm. get a, a wash of like old snes uh nostalgia or you know you get the you know sonic the hedgehog that that's playing on the nintendo now but i mean yeah when you get the uh reissues of the original game and you catch that sega at the beginning mm-hmm. you start to look for your c button on your controller <laughs> right yep so yep. i it, it's just one of those things it you it, it, it turned into a situation where you could use that as a graphical decision in order to utilize nostalgia yeah. to uh to uh, paint over your whatever game you're with and i think that's an that's an interesting juxtaposition as well um to be able to use 16-bit or 8-bit graphics to enhance the feeling of the game at the at the sacrifice of the graphical fidelity yeah so i, I was just thinking um I have been off and on playing um, TMNT Shredder's Revenge, and you got uh, like the the collection, the Cowabunga collection, right? I got the Cowabunga collection, correct. How how does that look? Because when I look at um, Shredder's Revenge, it's it's an upscale, like it's a remaster version of. I don't know that it's necessarily of those games. But it's they're not, definitely it's, it's, influenced by it. Right. What what Shredder's Revenge was, because I, I did some digging on it. Shredder's Revenge is a whole new IP. Okay. Um, it, it was designed to mimic the side scrolling beat em ups that they were they were putting out. In the, so it was it was designed to evoke that sense of nostalgia mm-hmm. um, and and have similar looking graphics. But what I found is. And and this goes a lot with like the 16 bit graphics that that I was talking about earlier is that uh, because we have the hardware that we're on, despite the fact that it's using 16 or 32 bit graphics, um, they're a lot cleaner because mm-hmm. one, we have the experience, but two, um, the hardware that we're working on is so much more superior to the tech that's being put into it that it but it can't help but come out looking nicer. Yeah. Um. So like. I've I've played through the first console on the Cowabunga collection and that looked really good, mm. but I think they did. They were doing their best to kind of meet the graphical fidelity of the original property rather than upscale it to something like on Shredder's Revenge. Cause okay. I didn't see a whole lot of difference uh, to the original console. Uh, I mean, the original video uh, arcade cabinet. Right. So, um, but I mean, it was, it was, it was good. I definitely felt like I I got those feels of being in the roller skating rink that where I used to play that game. Every mm-hmm. um, so which, which is really what you buy it for. You, you buy those old style games, uh, time travel basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm the guy who pays for Nintendo switch online and has for the last three, maybe four years. I can't remember how long I've had my switch and the game I play the most is Dr. Mario. No joke. <laughs> Yeah, if I didn't get the uh, I think I probably would have gotten a switch a lot sooner if I hadn't gotten my SNES. Yeah, just to, for the ability to play Super Mario World. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the nostalgia episode. Well, so segment, maybe. I don't know. Hey, you know, <laughs> nostalgia is the opiate of the working. That's all I'm saying. I work. So that's that, cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember who who actually said that first. That's not my own quote, but it's it's something I heard. Someone quoted it for somebody. Sounds like a John Hodgman thing. He's kind of against nostalgia, but <laughs> I didn't see it as being a negative quote. But you know, whatever. Um, yeah, sure. All right. So you heard it here, everybody. Dave and I both come out on the side of graphics. Really don't matter. It, nope. It's all about it's all about the content of the game itself. Right. So with. That being said, let's go ahead and take a a quick commercial break um, as we are a part of the Comtalk 
podcast that is part of uh, Culture Box. So we'll let we'll let uh, Celeste and Dallas throw in a a, a Culture Box uh, commercial here, and then when we come back, we'll be talking about the Video Game Awards. All right, everybody, uh, go please go check out whoever that was that uh, got advertised in there. Uh, not sure which advertisement got put in, but everybody involved in Culture Box is a friend of the podcast. And we don't partner up with anybody for reasons of decent quality. So <laughs> go check that out. Uh, that being said, Dave, you brought it to my attention that the video game awards are coming up. We should talk about this so we can get those sweet, sweet algorithm clicks. Yeah, they are uh, live on December 8th, 2022. And I love watching the Game Awards. Have you watched the Game Awards at all or recently? I I watched uh, I watched bits of them back when they were aired on G four. Okay, and G four was a TV station. Yep. So well, it, it was earlier this year, and now it's not again. So. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they came back I, and. I'll, then... I'll, I'll, they got canceled. I'll so. suffice it to say that I haven't watched it. I haven't watched them since the number before the last number of the year was a zero. Okay. <laughs> um. So I guess I don't really have to explain the game awards. Um, It's video game awards. And I thought it's it would like be the Oscars f- for video games. Yeah. And they, they put on a pretty good show every year. Um, I've watched it the last couple of years, uh, usually uh, texting or chatting back and forth with my geek this co-host, David Hunt, uh, just like, did you see that? Look at this. This comes out next year. Um, so there's a lot of like really cool like previews that come out, games that are announced, stuff like that. Um, but I thought maybe since it's the end of the year, we would talk about... Um, the game of the year per the game awards, and then maybe a couple of other categories. Um, but the sad thing is I haven't played any of, or most of the games that are featured this year. So, okay. I, that, that, and that, that's, that's kind of one of those things that you, you run into, I think, especially when you just get a new console. Uh huh. It's just like, man, I don't got the money to sit here and drop 60 bucks every time a decent game drops. <laughs> like yeah uh and you know especially when you're uh not necessarily a young or younger individual anymore and you've got other people you're accountable to for financially yeah my mom and dad don't buy me video games anymore for some reason <laughs> it's like i'm 35 or something well i mean do they, they could buy them for you for christmas <laughs> or your birthday they don't even like me anymore <laughs> i gotta go pal i'll be back uh so, um, let's see. There, there, there were a couple that piqued my interest as I was going through. I went ahead and voted, which, um, like voting when you're totally uninformed in any election, uh, I did my best and voted for who I thought deserved it. So, does quick question Does we believe we vote have a section for the video game awards? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, you've never heard of those people before? No, they're the they're the organization that uh, polls um, that polls uh, like candidates, uh, both uh, federal as well as local candidates on the election okay. uh, on, with a questionnaire that's uh, based off of typical biblical doctrine. OK, and kind of kind of puts out a review of how closely that aligns with, you know, you, what your beliefs probably are as a Christian. Okay. And, uh, you know, so I I was making a voting joke and seeing if they had any Christian (laughs) recommendations on who to vote for, for the video game awards. Uh, there's probably, and then you, (laughs) (laughs) I was going to roll with it, but I, I didn't know what that was. And it would be super insincere (laughs) for me to be like, yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't get it. Um, (laughs) there's probably like two games on here that, that might align. I don't know. (laughs) okay well if anybody out there is ever looking like confused about who to vote for and they don't have the resources to figure out that's just an option for you we believe we vote (laughs) anyway um 
we are not endorsed by them also just throwing that out there um so go ahead and take the wheel dave because i'm just driving us further into the ground ah i'm i'm gonna we're gonna go right off the cliff we're gonna go through the ground off the cliff however that happens i don't know but i'm gonna make sure it happens um so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna let you vote on a couple of these i'm not gonna go through all of them there are 31 different categories for the game awards you can go to thegameawards.com and vote but by this time you're they're already happening so it's too late so let's go ahead and we'll start out with best indie i don't know if you've heard of any of these uh cult of the lamb i talked about that in our last episode um neon white uh, it's produced by annapurna have you played any annapurna games i have they're a, not they're like a publisher they're um have you heard of a24 like the film production company yes so I annapurna is almost like the a24 of video games uh just like there are some hidden gems in what they publish mm-hmm. um there's a game called sifu which i've heard of but never played stray which came out for ps5 it's about the cat in the, like a post-apocalyptic and then tunic which is kind of a Zelda-like game. I finally have a topic on the screen to talk to you about. Okay. Um, I have only played one of these games, but of that, including that one, there was two others uh, who that caught my eye that seemed like it would be something interesting to me. Um, I can't say that I know anything about Neon, so I can't okay. really go in that particular direction. Uh, Sifu, I've looked at a few times, but I've heard things about that that I think would irritate me. So it really comes down to Cult of the Lamb, mm-hmm. Stray, and Tunic. Uh, Cult of the Lamb has had my attention since I've heard <laughs> about it and started a big conversation about it on the Geek Devotions Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tunic looks like Zelda with animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've played Stray. Stray was free to me on the PlayStation 5. I will say I really like Stray. I've heard really good things about it. Um, I I never knew how much I wanted to play a cat simulator until I played a cat simulator. Uh, It's like a cat simulator with a plot, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And so, like, if I was going to, even if I was just to take gameplay out of it and go completely off aesthetic, which is all I have for the other two, I'd still pick Stray. It's just, that's, it's such a different idea. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I know that you've played another cult simulator mm-hmm. before other than cult of the lamb. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for as much as I like Zelda clones, you know, there's, you could throw a, you could throw a rock in a video game store and hit a Zelda. <laughs> yeah. So stray hit me as something very unique. My vote's probably going to go for stray. Cool. Um, stray definitely looks interesting to me. Uh, one day I'll play it. Uh, tunic i did play for a little bit um it is very zelda like um it's it's an isometric game so the the graphic style is a little different but it's fun very puzzly so it definitely hits that you know if you're looking for an action puzzle game mm-hmm. that that is fun but cult of the lamb was just so easy and over the last few years really since getting my switch i have really fallen in love with finding indie games so when i saw this category because i always forget that it's a category i was super excited then i got more excited when i saw cult of the lamb because uh indie developers are killing it with some games right now all right uh let's see what else did i have on here all right let's jump to best narrative uh four very popular games are here we have a plague tale requiem elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west and immortality have you played any of these john uh forbidden west i have okay i bought that very close to when it came out probably about a month after the fact I'm trying to find my box to jump around i know oh, there we go. There we go. what's that i said i know well i already voted for everything so i can go back and like view all so uh uh so i will say i would never vote for elden ring just because it's made from from software and they are an abusive spouse for me 
Like I keep <laughs> I, going back to them thinking that they've changed, but they just continue <laughs> to hurt me every time I go back. I knew so. you were going to say that. I Part of the reason I grabbed it as one that you had to choose from because, um, yeah. Plague Tale seems like an interesting idea, um, but the concept was spoiled for me by uh, Yahtzee Crawshaw from Zero Punctuation um, when he kind of broke it down to its core playing value as far as you got this kid that can summon plague rats and keeps getting scared by their stuff. And so it's just like, just hmm. drown the kid. <laughs> problem um yeah i never i um, never played the first one which um was a plague tale innocence i've heard really good things mm -hmm. about that one and i've heard pretty mm -hmm. good things about this one uh i don't know anything about immortality yeah that's, so... a, that's a newer one i do believe that it is currently on game pass as we record this and i have not touched it i haven't seen enough of it to show any interest in it i mean mm -hmm. i have hundreds of games to choose from on game pass so i had to kind of totally just ignore that one yeah and so i mean that just really leaves me with ragnarok and forbidden west and both of which are uh uh sega exclusive uh, not sega sony exclusives um that first conversation has thrown me off my game <laughs> uh i love i loved uh the 2016 uh, god of war loved it um one of my favorite gaming experiences on the same level it was tied with uh forbidden west and uh ghost of tsushima as yeah. my favorite game for that for that uh generation so uh, really i i haven't played ragnarok so i can't speak to it and that's the only reason why i'm nudging this towards forbidden west for me because i have played that and beat mm -hmm. that and that's a really solid game. Although I will say that it it, it uh, started out with me being exceedingly disappointed <laughs> because I thought it I thought they were going a direction with it that they weren't. Mm. It just turned out that I was in the very handholdy uh, <laughs> tutorial section. I re I remember seeing that conversation pop up, and I think you were a couple hours into it, and you're like, "Oh, okay, never mind. I'm not so upset now." <laughs> it was a tutorial. <laughs> the tutorial does last about two hours. So. Yikes. And it, it, it's not because they're cramming so much down your throat. It's because they're really trying to maintain a narrative flow. Okay. So it, so it's not, it's not intentional, intentionally obtrusive, which is good as a concept, but in the same sense, it's just kind of like it, I, I was losing hope for the game because mm -hmm. <laughs> because i i didn't know i was in a tutorial because it didn't feel like a tutorial it felt like part of the narrative yeah um so horizon zero dawn so i, I when i got my ps4 a few years ago mm -hmm. uh it came uh bundled with uh god of war and horizon zero dawn oh my goodness what a pack <laughs> yeah and i think they were just like the digital codes for them and then I don't remember. I think, yeah, I think that's what it came with was digital codes for that. Uh, and I was immediately drawn to God of War. I played all the way through that and really enjoyed it. Uh, Zero Dawn, I I had a hard time really like getting into it. And it may be that kind of that same thing that you were talking about with Forbidden West, where maybe it was just I wasn't really getting past like that tutorial stage i wasn't really getting the meat of the game so for me when i voted for this best narrative i went with ragnarok even though i haven't played it but it is like probably my most anticipated game to play whenever i get around to it i think i can explain your dissonance with uh zero dawn mm -hmm. because going from one epic sprawling tale which would be god of war immediately into another epic sprawling tale with zero dawn i think you were a little bit i think you were on a little bit of a narrative burnout by that point yeah it's I sort of like that. going from one epic book into another epic book and mm -hmm. you're going to hit that speed bump where it's just like I, I i don't have the energy to invest into this right now yeah you're probably right and i have i have really tried to force myself to get back and play zero dawn so that I can play forbidden West because both games are PS4. So mm -hmm. 
but yeah, I went with Ragnarok here because uh, the story was just phenomenal in the first one. And I feel like they're 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 it's a continuation, obviously. So I feel like they're going to carry that through. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I mean, to be to be perfectly honest, if anybody's out there staring at both these games in a, in a GameStop or something like mm-hmm. that, um, based off of personal experience, as well as what I've read about both the games, you're not going to go wrong with either of them. So, I mean, it, it's like it's like, you right. know, would you rather have a really tasty steak for dinner or would you like the best tacos you've ever had? You know, I mean, you're you're not going to have a bad time either route you go right all right so i'm gonna jump to the big one game of the year game Um, of the year yeah game awards uh, classify this as recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields um you have a plague tale requiem elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west that sounds familiar stray and xenoblade chronicles 3 which All is right. well, the I have, only Switch game. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, I was actually surprised to see Stray make its way onto the best of. Um, Same. But, you know, it, it was a, it was a good it was a good chill game for sure. Uh, although there were some parts in it that were super not chill. And there there's some see there's some parts where you get chased. I don't want to be chased. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I mean, this this again is coming down, I think, to God of War or Horizon. Okay. Because um, I haven't played Xenoblade and I haven't played any of the games before number three right. to be able to even speak to what that series is. And again, I will never vote for my abusive spouse. And the Plague Tale <laughs> games have been ruined for me. So uh, I, same reason. I, I'm going to have to go with Horizon Forbidden West just because. I've played it and I definitely think that what I played of it is worth is worth the the vote. You know, cool. it's worthy of the title of best of the year, I think. Hmm. Um, and they do go a different direction with it. At, by the end of the game, you're like, oh, so it, they're they they're still trying to keep the series fresh and not just put on the same song and dance for every new every new game. Good, good. Um. I went with Ragnarok again for the same reason as the last one. It's just I'm familiar with that franchise, and I I don't know. I mean, my personal opinion, having not played them, none of them deserve Game of the Year. The game I picked for the next segment should be Game of the Year. But that, <laughs> um, um, I, I before we move on though, I I am gonna say that I can promise you that there are more people voting the same way we just did mm-hmm. it's just like oh i don't know these other ones so uh, yeah i i, I just because it, it's become so cost prohibitive to try to get all the big games and it's just like you're gonna have a lot of people who are voting completely blind to all the options yeah um i do want to touch on something and i would love i would love to get some some audience feedback for this actually so the Game Awards has a category called Innovation in Accessibility. And um, with my job, I work in podcasting full time. But um, accessibility is a big topic that gets brought up um, fairly regularly in my workday, um, just making sure that we're making podcasting uh, accessible for, you know, the blind and the deaf Um or hard of hearing, you know, things like that. And I, I saw this as a topic and, um, I really, I won't go into the games necessarily. Uh, but the one that stood out to me was the last of us part one. They're calling it part one because they actually went back to my understanding is they went back kind of from the ground up and rebuilt the first last of us game and put in a lot of accessibility options so that more people could play it. And I thought that was really cool. I I am a huge fan of both games. Um, But I would love if we have any gamers out there uh, that could maybe talk with us about accessibility in a future episode. I just want to kind of put that out there because I think it's a fascinating conversation being a person who I don't have accessibility issues. Um, so 
I just I find it very fascinating and I'd love to have conversation like that in the future. Yeah, for sure. So that's it for the Game Awards. Sort of, because now we need to talk about games that we're awarding. Yeah. So how do you want to do this? You want to you want to go through the list of comments that we got from our. Yeah, let's 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 read off our responses. We threw a question out or we threw a question out there earlier today. Mm hmm. Uh, maybe maybe if we we thought about it a little bit sooner, we probably could have put it out there and let it let the answers accumulate a little bit better. But we threw a question out there earlier today about what your favorite game is that you played this year. I don't think we added a lot of stipulations like it had to have come out this year. Nope. Uh, because as we were discussing earlier in the show, you know, not a lot of us have bought like day one editions of games that came out this year, and a lot of what we played catching up to older games that we've heard good. I, I think there's room for those conversations because when you play a game, sometimes the, when you play it makes it slap a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do we got for responses on that? So uh, I'm going to work from the bottom up for my list. Um, Drew from the Cellcast said that persona five Royal was his favorite game this year. Matthew Cosby also said, Persona 5 Royal tied with Live Alive. I'm assuming both of those were the Switch versions of the games. Uh, I know that Persona 5 Royal dropped on Game Pass a few weeks ago, and I played maybe the first maybe first half hour to hour of it. And mm-hmm. normally I would say that it's not really my style of game, but I was very interested in the, the artwork, the story, and mm-hmm. the gameplay mechanics were pretty interesting. Have you played Persona 5 Royal or Live Alive? I've played neither. Uh, when I picked up my PS5, I had the uh, <clears throat> the early adopters game pack or whatever they called it, where you could download like 15 PS4 games mm. directly from the PS from the PlayStation store uh, for picking up, you know, and I and I, and I had my PS5 on day one. Um, so I have the original build of persona five i've still mm-hmm. not played it just because there there is like so much content on the <laughs> ps5 that i'm just like i'll get to it when i get to it man and it's gonna be even longer because i found out that the december one of the december free games that are dropping for uh playstation plus is the remastered trilogy of uh of uh um, mass effect oh yeah the legendary edition mm-hmm yeah and i have i have never played the mass effect games so i hadn't either i started the first one and then i was like i'm too overwhelmed i can't do it (laughs) (laughs) so Um, it's just things keep piling up man (laughs) i know and 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 everybody gives me a hard time because i'm playing six games at once this is why You, you have these services like game pass that are like hey look lots of new games I'm like, I want to play at least half of them. And the next month, oh, look, 10 more games. I want to play at least half of them. <sighs> uh, anyway, uh, next up, uh, we actually had a couple of tabletop or board games make the list, which I thought was really right. cool because we talk so much about video games. I promise I will start talking about board games in the near future. Uh, and I will say to everybody out there, I am not a super huge board gamer, so you probably won't hear a lot from me about them. I'm into the culture. I dig it. I'm not opposed to it, but I just I, I don't have people to play with here. All my <laughs> friends live forever away. So I'm sorry. <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> so Eric Anderson said that G.I. Joe deck builder was his game of the year. Uh, I love deck building games. I don't play enough of them. Uh, I have played the DC deck building game and I enjoy it. The Teen Titans one specifically. Uh, I have Marvel Legendary. I had a friend give me their copy and I have nobody to play that with. So uh, have you played any deck building games before, John? Like Dominion? Uh, Define a deck build. I don't. Does Magic the Gathering count as a deck building game? Yeah, I mean... It, it's more of a trading card game technically, but okay. I guess deck building, it, it does, it does count for that. Uh, I think it's just the style of play is different because you don't, 
get to pre-build your deck. Um, the okay. game is actually building the deck for these kind of games. Uh, they're really fun. And when, when you come visit, I will see if I can find one to play with you. I think I've heard like, like I have this game. Well, I have it. I've never actually played it, but I, th- I think someone told me it's a deck building game. It's called Cthulhu relics. Okay. I have not heard of that, but I now I want to look it up, but I, I have a tendency to buy games that just have Lovecraft anything. On them. So I have, a, I, I do have a few fairly Lovecrafty. That sounds fun. I'd play it with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when I come over in the, in the spring, what, what, I'll I'll come with a few board games. Okay, and I'll try and hide most of mine so it doesn't look like I have a problem. Sir, I have been to Eric's house. <laughs> well, okay. He's got me beat, I'm sure. Uh, uh, that David guy has a problem. Yeah, well, now he now he has a, a game store to call his own, so he can take that problem with him and make money at it. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> David Gardner said Marvel United, which is another board game, uh, that one, I believe, has miniatures with it, if I'm not mistaken. It's like a card miniature game. Uh, as uh, I believe so, because Eric likes to post all these painted uh, miniatures from it on his Facebook. Yeah, I I can't. I can't look at those. They make me feel bad because <laughs> he's so much better at painting than I am. Painted. Uh, yeah, I have. Well, that and I own a 3D printer and I've printed way more than I will ever paint. So, uh, but yeah, nice. uh, that that's a game that's on my list, my ever growing list. Uh, so very cool to see some board games on the list. Um, jumping back to video games, uh, Kevin, your your co-host over at the bottom shelf, um, mm-hmm. he said near automata. Near was, Auto- yeah. Yeah, I, that, I that's another that was... that's another game I've heard good things about, but I, I haven't actually played myself. Same. And I think it's the style of game that it is. I, I it's not a JRPG, but it is an RPG, if I'm not mistaken. OK, maybe I'm wrong. That's not really my cup of tea. So I, I, I don't know if I'll ever play it. Um, Adam Collings said, I'm a little bit late, but Skyrim and technically you're never going to be late for Skyrim because they'll never stop making it. They're they'll releasing never another... stop re-releasing Skyrim. Yeah, they just I think they're re-releasing another version. Uh, either they have already this year or they're going to in 2023. I which mean, which is so sad. I thought it was okay. milking that cash cow. Yeah. OK, so when it comes to those Bethesda RPGs like Skyrim and, mm-hmm. uh, and what's the other one? Fallout. Mm hmm. I have a hard time with them. I try to get into them. I have, I have uh Skyrim four, not Skyrim four, uh, elder scrolls Four: oblivion. Mm-hmm. And I have, uh, I've, I have fallout three and I, I have had a copy of fallout four for a while. And it's just, I, I, I get probably like an hour, maybe two into it. And it's just like, I'm overwhelmed with the number of quests I have to do. <laughs> yeah. It- and I have no clear direction as far as what the narrative, yeah, I, I get that. I loved Fallout 4, and then I realized I'm never going to finish it. Like, there are too many options. I will never hit the end because I want to do all of them. But <laughs> Okay, I, I am glad I have finally found somebody <laughs> who has the same problem as me. Like, I, I, I had somebody ask me once, like, why don't you like these games? They're so open. And I'm like, that's the problem. Yeah. I need somebody to tell me what to do to have fun because yeah, I, can't, I can't do it by myself. I constantly need like the quest up in the top of my HUD so that I, I I know what I'm doing at all times. Otherwise I just meander. And then I'm like, Oh, I like I'm carrying too much stuff because I also like to collect everything. Oh, you're a hoarder too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm running into that with the, uh, re the re-release of Diablo two on my switch. It just, I can't carry anymore. It's like, (laughs) Oh, And of, and of course, it's like some kind of unique or magic item. And I'm like, you're not uh, that overburdened. <laughs> right. Just let me make it far enough so I can sell it to buy something else. Right. That's, that's all it boils down to. Um, Jason Gilbert says Life of Strange 3 was his favorite of the year. I have played only like, I think, episode one of Life is Strange, the first one, because it was free mm-hmm. on Xbox 360 years ago. But I've heard that's a great I've, series. 
I've not gotten into it. And again, that well was kind of poisoned for me in a uh, review I heard on a podcast I used to listen to. Uh, and when they were talking about the dialogue in the game, sounded a lot like what you would expect boomers to write for <laughs> millennials to say, you know? So it sound, sounded a little bit coerced with the high school <laughs> slang. <laughs> Oh, sort sort of like a sort of like in uh, the Scooby Doo movie, the first Scooby Doo movie, when mm-hmm. it's just the dialogue's a little bit forced by those aliens taking over the people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh... I I can't speak to to anybody to know that is true. It's just I know that if that was the case, I'd be mad at myself for playing a game like that. So I just <laughs> I can't bring myself to pick it up. <sighs> yeah. They they seem interesting. I've heard lots of good things. Uh, they just have not really hit my radar. Um, the last comment we have is from Branson Boykin, who says Minecraft was his favorite game of the year, and there's no there's not a problem with that. I love Minecraft. I have to be in the mood now to play it because I've played it so much over the last however many years it's been out. I've poked at Minecraft with a stick a couple times. Mm-hmm. And it's too open. I yeah, I don't get it. I don't I don't get the appeal. There's no narrative. It's just yep. pick up a block and put it here and build something. Yep. It it it's in a, in effect it really is just virtual Legos and I didn't like Legos as a kid. So show's over. <laughs> I to peop, I I'm just being honest, bro. Like like I liked I liked the story building toys like the, mm-hmm. the action figures and stuff like that where you can make your own stories and that type of stuff so i i've never been much of the builder mindset i've always wanted to slip okay. into a different reality so <laughs> i mean there's nothing wrong with that i mean you're wrong but there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> you're wrong but i mean your, your motives are okay um yeah minecraft has changed so much uh since i've like I, I remember playing like the vanilla version on a computer that surprisingly could not run it. Like that's that's how old that computer was. And then to see, nice. I watched my my girls play it uh, all the time. And now they're like, "Dad, there's frogs in it." I'm like, "Really?" I remember when the bees came out like a couple of years ago. How it was really cool. You could like put a lasso around a bee and just carry it around with you. And I. It's cool. It's it's great for imaginative play. I love I love watching my youngest daughter and a couple of our friends kids. They will they'll sit down when they're hanging out together and they've each got their own switches and like they're like role playing while playing Minecraft and I was like that's cool. Mm-hmm. I would have loved that as a kid, but I had actual Legos and outside so <laughs> missed out on that. But now it brings us to our games of the year. John, you want to go first or I can go. I don't care. Well, I would, I would love to go except you had frozen up on me. So I was just going to pretend like I knew what you said and go by context. Good, good. That, I mean, that's the way that that's the way it should work. Um, <laughs> I didn't say anything great. I'm not going to win awards for it. So I'll let you go first for our games of the year. Oh, games of the year. Oh, <gasps> That's going to make me remember what I actually played this year. Um, you know what? No, I think, I think I've already said it. Um, I'm going to give it to uh, horizon forbidden West. Nice. Uh, what, what was it? Because that was the one that you sunk the most time in. Was it the story? What really like, was like this is the one that stood out. Yeah. Like horizon zero dawn was like, it, it went places. I wasn't ready for it to go to. It's basically it's one of the few games that have caught me off guard with it um, and forbidden and, and, and zero dawn was 40 hours. And I'm like, that felt great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted seconds, you know, uh, this with forbidden West, it hit the sweet spot. I had, I had enough by the time it was done. It, it went about 80 hours on that and 80 wow. hours on a modern console is that's a lot of games. Yeah. Um, but it was good. And at no point did I feel like it had overstayed its welcome. Um, the narrative goes places again that I, you know, walking into it, I wouldn't have expected it to go to. Um, it annoyed me at first, but the more I played it, it was just like, 
you know, it's not the direction I would have gone, mm-hmm. but I can see how this is, this is still a good thing. And so hmm. I, I, and I know I'm being a bit vague and I, I'm trying to stay spoiler free for the people out there who haven't played it because I do recommend playing it. And the best way to play any of those games is to go in as blind as possible. Yeah. Um, it's not too much of a spoiler to say that um, I absolutely loved being able to explore uh, future post-apocalypse Las Vegas. That was fun. <clears throat> so, but yeah, I mean, narratively, uh, it was great. I it it was worth the investment of money that I paid for it. Like it 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 almost felt like it acknowledged. Yeah, video games went up in price for this generation but we want to give you what your money's worth. And I, I legitimately felt like the game, the people who made the game really were focusing on making sure that you felt like you got your money's worth out of the game, paying yeah. it full price, Good. which is something you don't see a lot. Right. Right. I, I know. I mean, I'm hesitant to pay 60 bucks for a game. And, you know, that's somebody that, that has owned an, a Nintendo console for several years now. And, most mainline Nintendo titles are going to run you 60 bucks all day, every day, except for those very, very small windows where they're like, we'll give it to you for $45. And even then I'm like, Ooh, no, thanks. <laughs> right. Um, so what would, what, what would be your game of the year? This was kind of difficult because, you know, it, it's kind of a joke. But I do play a lot of video games, or at least I try a lot of video games. And I tried some really good ones over the last year. But Graveyard Keeper, which is the one that I am currently playing, uh, it has my attention to the point where um, I'm just going to admit it. I brought it into my office and I might have forgotten how long I was supposed to be working Uh, it's just it's one of those games that I'm always thinking about okay what was I working on and I want to hurry up and get back to it it's it's become very addicting and the concept of that uh, it sounds kind of dark but the humor the humor has won me over Uh, there's a lot of like tongue-in-cheek jokes Um, the the concept is the character you play dies and you're transported in almost like this limbo area where it's like this kind of fantasy medieval world. And all of a sudden you find yourself as the graveyard keeper. It's your responsibility to take care of this graveyard. And as you ask, like, hey, can you help me get home? People are like, yeah, I can help you get home, but I need you to do this. And then when you go and do that, somebody else goes, oh, but I need you to do this before I can help you do that. And so it turns into like you're doing 600 different tasks in order to get yourself home. And so there's a little bit of puzzle trying to figure out like, okay, well, how do I craft these certain things? And, um, you know, what, how should I build out my skill tree in order to achieve these goals faster? And I, I don't have my switch in here, so I can't tell you how many hours I've put into it. I would say an easy 15, if not 20 hours in just the last two weeks. Um, but it just, there's just something about it that just grabbed a hold of my head. And I, I'm enjoying where the story's going and the characters that you meet. Uh, they're just, they're funny. They're all a little rude. Uh, and there's just, just something that tickles me about it. But that is a one of those like 16 bit games that i just i adore it cool so do we have any other categories we're voting on or are we just doing game of the year um i mean if you had something else i didn't but nah nah okay i just didn't know what was up your sleeve no that was it is there anything is there anything coming out soon that you're super looking forward to or something that might have just released Hmm. i actually think there was a board game and now i can't remember so, uh, yeah, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. Hmm. I can tell you what Callisto protocol dropped this week. I did see that. And boy, howdy, have I been salivating to get my hands on a copy. 
pushing that Persona 5 game back even further because stuff just keeps coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I think all of... Hmm. Doggone it. There was something. I can't remember. <laughs> it's all right. I got plenty to well, play. Cool. I think we have hit... All right. Uh, well, I think we have hit the end of the episode. Do you have anything else to bring up before we bring this thing to a uh, landing here, Dave? No, I do not. I'm I'm pretty stoked with where we ended, and uh, thanks for the feedback. That's 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 what I got to say. All right, uh, and we do appreciate any kind of interaction. So if you got anything you want to throw at us, any discussion ideas you want to hear us talk about, anything at all, we love to uh, chat at you. Uh, hit us up in the uh, in the uh, casual gamer society thread at the Geek Devotions Discord server, or shoot us a message on the Devoted Geeks group on Facebook. Uh, we're always we're, we're always watching, um, and who knows, you might be able to interact with us on the next episode. Until then, I am John. He's been Dave, and uh, good night, everybody. <laughs>